your classrooms. <laughs> well, go ahead and say this with me. I hunger. I hunger. Say it again. I hunger. I hunger. And last week we started into a new series uh, for the, la the six months ending 2021, the Holy Spirit for a long time. So last week we jumped into a new series called the Hungry. I'm hungry for more of God. Yeah. You know, that, that's my word that God has given me for the church this year. He said he wants to stir up hunger in the hearts of his people. Amen. You know, if one thing that has been lost over the last almost two years of this pandemic is people have lost their hunger for life. They've lost their drive. They've lost an expectation. They've lost their hope. There's so many things that have been taken, but we're not of the world. We may be in this world, but it says we are not of this world, which means we're not, we don't have to be subject to their pressure. We don't have to be subject to their expectations. We can stir up on the inside of us a hunger for more of the things of God, more of His goodness, more of the things of righteousness. We stir up a hunger. And it's good just to go ahead, even if you don't feel hungry, yeah. to go ahead and speak that. Say, I hunger. I, hunger. I speak in faith. Yeah. There'll be many times in your life where you're going to be talking it long before you step into it. So you might as well not wait to talk until you see. Yeah. Go ahead and start now. Yeah. Oh, come on. Yeah. I'm hungry. I'm hungry for the things of God. And it doesn't matter how long this world goes and stays in this pandemic or whatever they want to call it i'm not subject to them i will not let my life be wasted away hiding behind doors for the next six years yeah. 10 years 20 years no i'm hungry for the things of this god and people need you People need what you have inside of you. And if you're hiding from them, how will you ever give gift that's on the inside of you to them? Come on. He, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, to everyone. How can we go if we're hiding? He didn't say wait until the time is right. He said, go. My goodness, when you're out in the grocery store, there are people that you're walking by that are having miserable times right now. Go ahead and let your eyes shine with a smile. And as you're going by, like, oh, can I just scooch by you there? Need to grab something off the shelf? Oh, isn't it so good that we can have a good cup of coffee in the morning? You know, sometimes I just need that cup of coffee. You know what else is good in the morning? I love when I to pray and stir myself up in the goodness of God. Go ahead and start conversations because the world is not waiting for you. They're doing their thing, and God is wanting you to do his thing. So we need to hunger. And I believe that 2022 will be a season of healing for many out of Christ. And the reason why I say many and not all, and the reason why I didn't say the body of Christ, is because no one, 100%, will all follow into things. God will draw hearts, but not everyone will respond to them. You know, when we talk about things like responsibility, we think about, oh, it's the things that I don't want to do. No, responsibility is your ability to respond to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Yes. 
Let me say that again. Responsibility is your ability to respond to the leading of the Holy Spirit as he's leading you. It's not the things that you dread. It's you saying, oh God, yes, I recognize I should go and do this. I'm recognized that I should go and help this person. I should go and do whatever it is. When he moves, we follow. And so 2022 will be a season of healing for many in the body of Christ. Many who will follow after where he's leading and where he's drawing. You know, if you follow after the world, you'll get what the world has to offer. If you follow after God, you'll get the things that God has promised, the things that God has spoken. This will be a season of not only just physical healing, but I believe emotional healing and spiritual healing. You know, there's so many people that are wearing scare, scars in their minds that God has led me in there. I want to change the way you think. I want to change your view of how you see yourself. I want to change how you view others. I want to change how you view your future. I want to go ahead and heal the wounds of the past. He wants to heal all the areas of our lives. I also feel that he wants to heal the perception that we have of God. And I've said this for many years, but we, we, we often let how the world describes God become our view. You know, we've all heard the angry God mentality. Oh, I can't go to church because a lightning bolt might strike me down. That's, they feel that God is just waiting to punish them. It's like this, the story of the prodigal son, when the, he was kind of not sure of his response that he would have from the father, and so he rehearsed a speech to give him. I'm not worthy to be your son, but I can be one of your servants. And what did the father do? He didn't even let him get to the speech. He already was out there saying, kill the calf, wrapping his arms around his son. Bring me the best robe we have. Let me put the ring back on his finger. We, we need a healing in our mind, mindsets of who God is, what God's expectations are, and what God wants to do in you. He's a good father. And when we talk about it being a season of healing, it's not a season of fix what is broken. It's a season of grow what is needed. Oh, come on. I see I got some thoughts rolling there. What what does that mean, Pastor Jordan? You know, we often look at our hurts like if this wasn't here, everything would be good. Or we look at the problems we may be facing and saying, if that would just go away, everything would be good. And the reality is, because if it was gone, the problem was gone, or the hurt was deeply healed and moved out of the way, you would still be the same person who was in a position and in a place to be wounded. God wants to heal you through a process of growth so that when you're on the other side of it, the thing that hurts you can't hurt you anymore. And the problem that you're now standing in front of can't be a problem anymore because you have grown where it's tiny and you're big. So it's not a fix what's broken, it's a grow what's needed. And that's really important. God wants to grow you. He doesn't want you to be the same as you've always been because you've got to realize he is so much bigger than you could ever imagine. As, as Paul prayed, he said that we would be able to see the boundaries, the height, the width, the breadth, the length of God, and to know his love, which passes understanding. And so if he is unfathomable in the size that he is, and you've been placed inside of him. 
how much bigger can you grow beyond what you've always thought? Kind of like the fish tank. The fish will grow to the size of the tank that it's in. You keep your life small, you keep your world small, your thoughts small, and you will always be small. But when you realize you're not in the fish tank, you've been dropped into the ocean. He wants to grow up. You know, it's kind of like Paul. You know, Paul was complaining to God one day. He said, God, I, I've, I've prayed about this three times that this thorn in the flesh would be removed. And what did God say to him? He said, it's okay, Paul. My grace is sufficient for you. And we often, we look at it and we say, well, people say, well, you know, what Paul was talking about, he, he had an eye disease and he could barely see and his eyes were pussy and that is not in the Bible. That's not in there. He tells you what the thorn in the flesh was in the chapter before. He's talking about these Judaizers who were following around behind him as he was preaching the love and the grace of God. They were coming around and saying, yes, all, all the things said were great, but you got to keep the law. You got to do it right. You got to do it right in all these things. You got to be circumcised. You got to keep the feast. And Paul was saying, This is frustrating me. It's, it's a thorn in my side. It was a messenger of Satan. They weren't working out of the influence of God, they were working out of the influence of the enemy to try and short circuit and disconnect what Paul was preaching to the people. And so Paul said, God, take it away. Take them away. And God said, It's okay. My grace is sufficient meaning we'll work through this together we'll grow you to a place where you won't even be bothered by those people and you'll keep focusing on what you're supposed to do and not what they're doing come on people will be people will be people will be people the world will be the world will be the world will be the world and we've got to stop acting like the world is going to act like Christians. Yeah. We should just go ahead and start acting like Christians ourselves. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They're, they're not going to make wise decisions. They're not going to make decisions out of faith. They're not even going to make moral decisions. But you go ahead and make decisions. You go ahead and make good decisions. You go ahead and live out of the fulfillment of Christ. Where he said, it is finished and that finished is in you says he's given you all things that pertain to life and godliness everything you need you already got it changes your perspective it heals things where there's been a limitation placed upon you and he's saying i want to take the limits off go ahead and say this with me again i hunger and so as Paul is complaining to God, take it away, God, and God's grace is sufficient for you, I think that would have been a good time for Paul to remind himself of some of the things that he had written, which like Ephesians chapter 6, 10, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And so he's saying, God, take it away, take it away. And God's saying, my grace is sufficient. He's basically saying, you've got the strength to overcome, Paul. You've got the might, and it's my might, not your might. And so in this year, if you want to follow in the things of God, you're just going to have to let go of what you can do, what you can accomplish in your strength. And if we let go of our strength and go in God's, we look, we'll look back on this year and be like, I'm so glad I let you lead, God, because I could never have gotten us to where we are now. Right. Yeah. So he says, finally, brethren, meaning this should be the final word. 
The final word that speaks. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. And put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devils. And so today, we're going to talk about armor up. You know, there's times where people have probably said to you, oh, you just need to suck it up. Or maybe it's been said to you, you need to go. Or maybe someone has said, you need to No, those things aren't helpful. You know what is helpful? Armor up. He's given you equipment to wear that will shield you against the wiles of the devil. That word wiles is the word schemes or the plans. He's scheming. He's trying to mess you up. But when we stand in the armor that has been given to us, we stand against those things. They don't move us in the same way. And it is against the scheme of the devil, and we need to remember that because our focus kind of shift to the plans of people. And we fight against people. But verse says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. That's people. People are not your problem. They can be mad and you can still win. They can try to hurt you and you can still be healthy. They can try to short circuit your career and you can still get promoted. Because we don't wrestle against people. That includes the government. Man, they're stupid. We can go ahead and say that. They are, and they're not going to get any better, but that doesn't have to stop you. He says, we're against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against rulers of the darkness of this age, against sorts of wickedness in heavenly places. Remember, it was the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The thief does. Not people, the thief says but jesus said i have come that you may have life and life more abundantly or paul or peter as he was talking about jesus is how god anointed jesus of nazareth with the holy spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for god was with him not oppressed of the people oppressed of the devil and so we don't wrestle against flesh and blood and if you think the person is the problem it's not you believe God and maybe the person will just get moved out of the way. Yeah. Or, or maybe the Bible is true and your words are in favor of you are stronger than their words and negativity against you. That's right. That's right. He said it's by your words you are justified and by your words you are condemned, not their words. So what are you speaking about your future? What are you speaking about this time? Don't cut your own legs out from underneath you. We don't wrestle against people. You know, Peter found himself in this position. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 21, it says, From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and he must suffer things from the chief priests and the scribes and raised on the third day. And then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. This is Jesus. Peter, Jesus saying, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to have to suffer and die. And Christopher, come here. And so Jesus has just been saying this thing. And Peter's like, no, 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 no. Okay, come on over here, Jesus. Jesus. That's, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. No, this is not going to happen to you, Jesus. You can sit down. 
<laughs> and he turned and he said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Come on. So it's not that Peter was the devil, but he was listening to him. And there's lots of people that listen to those voices that get spoken into their ear. Oh, it's all going to turn out so badly for you. And then eventually we're like, oh, it's going to turn out so badly for me. And we take on and we parrot the words that have been spoken to us from him. And so Peter wasn't responding from God. He was listening to the things of the world. And really, Peter was speaking from a position where he didn't want to lose Jesus. He loved him. And we often find ourselves listening to the wrong things when we have a fear of loss. Loss of jobs, loss of income, loss of freedoms. There's a lot of people are fearing loss. Stop listening to the things of the enemy. You know, but Peter, in one moment here, was listening to the enemy. And Jesus called him. Just literally a few minutes before this, this conversation happened. Jesus said to them, well, who do you say that I am? And Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said... Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And so one moment, Peter is listening to God, and he's receiving what is correct. Literally minutes later, he's listening the other way. And we can do the same thing. Peter's not not an exception here. We flip-flop. We go back and forth. And so Paul's advice was, take on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand, therefore. Having girded your waist with truth. And so the first part of the armor that Paul comes to is truth. And if anything has been on the execution block in this last two years, is that is truth. One side says, this is true, and the other says, this is true, and guess what? They're probably both wrong, because there's only one truth, and that's what God speaks. That's the thing that, the plans that He has lied out. Everything else is subject to change. You can call it truth all you want, but unless it came out of the mouth of God, it's subject to fall. And so he's saying, having your waist girt about with truth. He's saying, tighten up those pants. We're going to do some moving, and we're going to move in truth. You know, truth is not something that is new to being under attack. Even in Jesus' time, we have Jesus, he's been arrested, and he's brought before Pontius Pilate, and he's having a conversation with Pilate, and he says this in John 18, 37. He says, For this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth, and everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And Pilate's response to him was, is truth and what was Pilate saying he's saying truth is what I make it if I say it that's how it's going to be and he was in the position of power to make that so if he made a decree in that area he was over the entire region they were in he was the top person if he said it that was going to be truth but Jesus was telling him there was a higher truth than what Pilate was to come now if we flip the other side of it 
The Pharisees, when they brought Jesus to Pilate, Pilate said, what is your accusation of him? And they said, if he weren't guilty, we wouldn't have brought him. That's not proof. That's not even a charge. That was them saying, it doesn't matter what crime is, make one up to fit it and kill him. And so for both sides of that conversation, they had their truth. And Jesus stood in the middle and he says, when I speak, those who are actually interested in the truth, listen. And so he said, tighten up your belt with truth. Verse 14, he says, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And when we look at the armor, uh, the, the ancient way they did armor, when you put on a breastplate, what did it protect? It protected your most vital organs, your heart and your lungs. And he said, how do you protect your heart? You do it in righteousness. What should be on? What do you do with the air that's in your lungs? You use it to talk and speak and move and it energizes where you go. If you ain't got breath, you ain't moving far, right? And so righteousness will guard the breath in your lungs. I love what Psalm 34 says. I will bless, the Lord, bless God every chance I get. My lungs expand with his praise. He said, I live and I breathe God. If things aren't going well, hear this and be happy. I love that. It says, join me in spreading the news. Together, let's get the word out. God met me more than halfway. <laughs> he freed me from my anxious fears. He said, look at him and give him your warmest smile. Hide your feelings from him. When I was desperate, I called out. And God got me out of that tight spot. God's angels set up a circle of protection around us while we pray. Open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see how good God is. Blessed are you who run to Him. Worship God if you want the best. Worship opens the door to all His goodness. It says, young lions... On the prowl, get hungry, but God-seekers are full of God. Come on, are you hungry? Go ahead and say, I hunger. Matthew said, when quoting Jesus, he said, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. And he said, God-seekers are full of God. If we drop down to it, it says, if your heart is broken you'll find God right there. Say that again. If your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. Not over there. Not in a distance. When you're in your deepest hurt, God is right there to grow you. He says if you're kicked in the gut, He'll help you catch your breath. So let your words and your heart be filled with remembrance of the righteousness that you stand in. It's not your righteousness. As Paul said, my righteousness is as filthy rags. But it says, Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. Righteousness is what you stand in. You can't change it. Go ahead and breathe it in. Let your heart be righteousness, knowing that you're in right standing with God. 
Okay, back to Ephesians. Ephesians 6.15 says, And having shod your feet or put on shoes on your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Think about that. People prepare for war. They prepare for opposition. They prepare for problems. They prepare for confrontation. But when was the last one prepared for peace? And you notice that he said, put peace on your feet. Prepare your feet to walk in the gospel of peace. Why? Because that has to do with where you go. Sometimes there's places you shouldn't go because you know it's going to stir you up. It's not going to move you into peace. It's going to get you all riled up against people, against the world. Where should your feet be going? You should be going right to the throne of God grace and mercy where peace is found so we prepare for peace you know you know when you're getting riled up you know this is something i know i have to work on because in our family sometimes we like a good fight even if we're on the same side and i'll never forget we we were at uh, i won't say where we were actually but we were having a conversation with some people and my younger brother jonathan who i think fight out of the most out of all he, he agreed with the person we were talking to. But just for the sake of an argument, he stayed on the other side, making the guy think he was in opposition. And they fought for like an hour and a half over this topic. And finally the guy just like shut up like, oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Even though he agreed with them. And so we know that there's sometimes we just want to fight for the sake of fighting. You know, you wake up and you're almost like stirring up your family. Like, come on, I want someone to fight with. No, come on. Let your heart settle when you get in those moods and find yourself in the place of peace. Prepare for it. Verse 16, and above all, meaning most importantly, above all the rest, if you're going to pick up one thing, it says take up the shield of faith where in which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. If you're going to have one piece of armor, let it be what you believe. Let it be what you believe about God. Let it be what he said about you, that you're going over. You're not going under. He said you're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. Whew, I love how David said, even if all of my enemies surround me, I know you'll deliver me. He took on the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all. Everyone say all. all. Meaning if you stand in faith, it doesn't matter what the world throws at you. It doesn't matter what the enemy throws at you. You can stop it if you stand in faith. And I think what's going to be attacked most in this upcoming year is what you believe. Do you even know what you believe? That's an important one. Because a lot of times we say we believe things, but then we do the opposite. Dance in faith. Plant your feet and put the shield in front of you and let it block everything that gets lobbed your way. Don't let your faith guard down. As Jesus said, he said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Why? Because all of the darts of the enemy will be blocked by the shield of faith. You, all things are possible. Verse 17, he says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. These two are linked together. The Word of God will serve as a defensive weapon for your mind and also becomes your primary offensive weapon. 
When you feel like you just got to say something, say the word. Because if you don't say the word, you may say something you regret. You may say words of biting, <laughs> words of division, but the word doesn't divide. The only thing it divides is your soul and your spirit. It'll know what you want to do and what God actually wants to do. And so we put his words into our mind because that's what Paul said. He said, Philippians 4, 8, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, dot, 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 continue, continue, whatever you want to throw in there that's good. He said, meditate on these things. And the things which you learned and you received and you heard and you saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. And so these two are linked. The first one is a defensive weapon for your mind. It protects you. Your mind is going to think about something. You should decide ahead of time what it's going to think on. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. You know it. Come on. Ever been down a rabbit trail when you're like, I've been thinking about this random thing the last hour that's never going to happen. But yet I just wasted a whole time having an argument in my head. Why? Because your mind's going to think. It was designed to think. Give it something to think on. That's why, why uh, it was told to Joshua that you should meditate on the word and then your way will be prosperous. And then you'll have good success. Why? Because it's got something. And so it, the word of God becomes your primary defensive weapon for your mind. And your primary offensive weapon, if you've got to attack, we don't attack people, we attack the enemy and we do it with the word. Just like Paul, he was stirring up the, the church in Ephesus. He was praying for them. And this is what he prayed. He said that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. That the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. So what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Oh man, the working of his mighty power. The working of his mighty power. The working of his mighty power. Because how did we start in, in Ephesians 6? Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. That you would understand and you would be able to see the power of His might. Yes. And so sometimes we just got to speak it over ourselves. Absolutely. And we say, Father, I just thank you that you are my Lord. Jesus, you are, you are the Father of glory. And I ask that you give unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. We put it ourselves into it. Paul is praying this over the church. Are you a body of Christ? You can pray these over yourself. Put yourself in the word. That the eyes of my understanding are enlightened. That I know what is the hope of your calling. And what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards me? Oh, come on, say that one again. What is the exceeding greatness of your power towards me? A lot of people believe that he is powerful. But do you believe that that power flows to you? It does, through the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. According to the working of your mighty power. And so the word becomes a weapon on your mouth. Not to attack people, not to divide people, but to speak before you at the enemy. And he will bow his knee. Verse 18 of Ephesians 6. And praying always. Praying always. 
Prayer is not our last resort. Prayer should be our relationship at work. Prayer is not, God, I really need something, so I'm coming before you. Prayer is getting up in the morning and saying, good morning, God, just like you would to your spouse. As the day might not be going your way, you just say, thank you, God, that you're still with me anyways. And what didn't start out great, it can still, it can still, well, it's, it's living out of our relationship and just speaking to God. And, you know, religion has made prayer this high thing. Oh, most worthiest God. Oh, King of heaven and all of earth. Or you could just say, hey, God, how's it going today? Doesn't have a bad day. What would you have me to do today, God? God, thank you for that conversation I just got to have. God, thank you for that, that increase. I'm so glad that you've given me the ability to work and, and get paid. I, I just thank you for your increase. I look to you for it. I thank you, Lord, for health in my body. Oh, I thank you for that workout. It was a good workout. Talk to God. It says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Why did he leave prayer last? Because in order to pray properly, you need to acknowledge the presence of God. And He is omnipresent. He is here right now. He was also here or with you when you woke up this morning. He was also with you last week when you cursed out your neighbor. Come on. We, we don't always do it right, right? But he was there in that moment. He's there in this moment. And when we pray, we acknowledge he's here. You realize there's no text messages for God. There's no emails for God. There is, oh wait, you're right here. And when we pray and we acknowledge that he's here, it should change how we view what we have to do next. Because it's like, oh wait, it's not my power. It's not my strength, and I'm not alone. You're here. Yes. And as Proverbs 3, 6 says, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. So say this again with me. I hunger. Say it again. I hunger. God, we hunger for more in this year of 2022. I'm not content with what I can do and what I can produce. God, I hunger for you. Father, as we just come before your throne, we know we receive mercy. We know we receive grace. We know that in you is all good things. And so before you, here we are, and we receive whatever it is we need. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, maybe you've been watching this morning via the internet and you haven't had that introduction with Jesus. Now's the time. Go ahead and just say, Father, I ask for Jesus. I receive my life. I turn from all else. You are what I want. You are what I hunger after. I let everything else go. And I start new with you today. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you prayed that prayer with us today on the internet, we would love for you to get in contact with us. We would love to get you hooked up with a good church area. If you're in the Smith Falls area, we say welcome home. We'd love to walk this journey together with you. 
Guys, in just a moment, our care team is going to be here at the front. If you need prayer for anything, they would love to stand with you and agree with you and believe with you. You don't have to walk this life alone. We are better together. Pastor Robin. Praise God. It's offering time. 